You are listening to the Leadership Fan Podcast. And welcome back, everyone. It's great to see you. I'm Joe Lenhart, your host of the Leadership Fan Podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening wherever you may be in these United States. You might be at the gym or at home in the car. You could be, I don't know, on a walk with the dogs just about anywhere right now. I'm just glad you're listening to our show. Today is a little bit different. Um, I want to just kind of spend some time with you solo today. Um, yeah, as you know, we've had some great guests on the podcast recently. So thankful. And I encourage you to keep listening all the way through the end of the year. We've got some, the guests continue to, it seems like, uh, they, they continue to get stronger and stronger as, as time goes on. And whatever you hear today on the podcast is surely going to sound different, you know, six months from now, as we continue to just to uh, sharpen our acts and evolve and, and get better. Um, but I just wanted to take the time, take a deep breath today and just talk to you about something on my heart a little bit. And I think as leaders, and primarily that's what we have listening to this podcast, there's people that are passionate about leadership or I often call them leadership junkies, right? Um, something I've done for a long, long time. And, and, and so what I've learned uh, over the years as I've gotten older, and I guess I started in leadership when I was 18 years old. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Um, you know, and now into my 50s, um, there are some lessons learned and some simple lessons. You know, I'm a simple guy. And and uh, one of the things that I have learned over time uh, is really twofold that I want to talk to you about today. And um, just our, take our time with it a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you about struggles in business. You know, you know, I know from a biblical point of view, uh, the Bible promises that we're going to have troubles in this life. Right. And it's no different in business and in leadership. And I've certainly had my share of troubles and I'm sure so have you. If you're a younger leader and you haven't yet, you will. Uh, it's just part of it. And what I like to say in in short is that that tension that comes with that, it is always molding you and strengthening you. It, 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 it's always helping you for what comes next in your life and in business. And I'm going to give a testimonial to that here in just a, a couple of minutes from my own life uh, to encourage you. But I think too, today, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I'm wearing a shirt today that frankly, I wear to the gym. Uh, and it says iron sharpens iron again, biblical. And I want to talk about just how important it is to pick each other up as leaders and to be there. And, uh, you know, sometimes you find out who your friends are in life, uh, when things are the toughest for better or for worse. Right. And so we'll talk about that today, but you know, I always talk about this thing called the journey, uh, in leadership. And when you're a younger leader, you want it all now. And so you're more focused on the destination. And as you get older, you realize that, there's value in the journey, right? And eventually you reach your destination a lot quicker than you expect sometimes, right? And I can tell you that that can be anticlimactic as well. So enjoy leaders, enjoy the journey. Uh, you know, I wrote a little book many years ago. I was a consultant and I just wanted to leave behind on what you know, kind of my leadership philosophy was. And um, anyway, it was a very small book and I really just, it, it, you know, it talked about stepping stones, 
right? And how, you know, we're on this, this path. And so often I found in my life that I would, I would take that old gravel dirt road the long way around to get where I was trying to go. I never seemed to be on that express lane, that fast lane, uh, straight ahead up the corporate ladder. No, my Joe had to take the, the rough road oftentimes and skin my knee and everything else. But in those moments I was growing right and learning and, um, you know, so that tension can be healthy for you. But I thought I would just share today something because, you know, I think sometimes we look back and we realize, boy, that really sucked, but I'm thankful for it. Now, doesn't that sound kind of like, I don't know, counterintuitive. I mean, how could you be thankful for something that was horrible to go through in your life? Uh, or maybe even dangerous, um, maybe even life-threatening, right? That was the case with me. And so to set this up, I need to tell you a little bit about my story, and I don't want to wear you out with it, so I'm going to you know, try to give you the Cliff Notes version, but uh, I'll give you the highlights. How's that? If you go back to uh, when I was um, about 18 years old, right, um, I had accepted, I'd taken a job here in Colorado, um, and, and it was almost, it was a God thing. You know, the guy who had offered me a job was a general manager of a KFC, and I had just stopped in just to get a couple of chicken littles. You remember those a chicken littles and a Mountain Dew at the time I was addicted to Mountain Dew and that was not good for my dental bills in years to come. But anyway, um, fast forward the story. I was just hanging out in Colorado and, uh, you know, I was, uh, took this part-time job as a cook at KFC of all places. And uh, I had worked a little bit in fast food and grocery and that sort of thing as a teenager. And anyway, um, really liked this guy. You know, I really hit it off with him. He was a great mentor for me for a short time in my life and uh, took me under his wing. And um, along the way, I, I discovered this young lady who was working on the front counter. And she was this beautiful redhead with big blue eyes. And um, well, anyway, she's still my wife today, 32 years later. That was 35 some years ago. Uh, so. Um, I was very interested in staying on this job because Melody was there, right? But at the same time, I was watching this guy, uh, John was his name, and uh, he had hired me and given me an opportunity. And I'll tell you what I loved about John. John was a very young leader himself. He must have only been about 21 in, at that time. And, but he, he had this great attitude, and he thanked his people, and he loved his customers, and he moved at a fast pace. He was a hard worker. You see, I'm just describing traits, things that he influenced me with. And then what did I do? I mimicked those, right? He was mentoring me just through example as a leader. Uh, pretty awesome to think about that. Well, we worked for this organization, this franchisee, I guess. They owned like 300 stores and uh, they really did a nice job overall, even though they, you know, they expected a lot. I often say they took blood, but they, they, they did put their people first, you know, and I believe that's where I start first started thinking about people first. And I started realizing the value of putting people around you. Uh, and that's what John was doing. 
right? He was developing people around him. And so it wasn't long so that I won't bore you to tears with the story that I found myself up front working with Melody, which was pressure for me. And, uh, but I was excited about that. And then it wasn't much longer that I really caught the bug. And John was the reason, you know, he had goals and, you know, he wanted to compete with other stores and I was part of that. And so it wasn't, it wasn't long uh, before I became an assistant manager and, uh, now had the leadership bug. Right. And uh, it wasn't much longer that I was asked to go to another store to learn from another manager and um, develop some more. And, and they put me in a neighborhood that was kind of tough, not what I'm used to as a, a, a kid from a small town in Kentucky. Um, and so then at about age oh, 1920, I was promoted to what they called a co-manager. So you were kind of the number two behind the general manager. And I had to move to this little small town called Castle Rock, Colorado to run the worst store in the state. Okay. It was a small cow town at the time. Well, it's actually the same town I live in today. And it's a whole different place. Um, a town that was probably, you know, 10,000 people at that time today is 80,000. Right. But, um, Obviously, it touched my life at the time. And so fast forward a little bit more, did pretty well, got more competitive. I was all in, leaders. I was committed, made plenty of mistakes, wasn't perfect by any stretch, but then was promoted, got my own store in Boulder, Colorado, a town you've probably been hearing a lot about lately because of the Colorado Buffaloes. But I ran a small volume store there and I was 21 years old, right? And uh, built a pretty good little team. We did a pretty good job. Um, I was competitive, wasn't a great operator, hadn't figured out how to make money yet, but I uh, was doing well and really growing and maturing. Melody and I were, were married by this time. And um, in fact, we're expecting a child uh, at that time in our lives. And so, you know, uh, continuing on in my career, you know, I, I moved on to another store um, and uh, another uh, continued to transfer. Um, but I ended up in a store a year or so later um, where, you know, we were in the suburbs. It was a, you know, decent volume store, safe neighborhood, all that stuff. I had a good, good team around me anyway. Um, and my life would change a bit in a flash and that's how life tends to do it. Right. So, you know, when you work in the restaurant business and I want to speak to that, if you're in the restaurant business, listen to this, I have high regard for you and for your industry. Um, but you know, there's always this inherent risk in the service industry that you could get robbed, right? It's something that's in the back of your mind, but if you've never been robbed before, you know, I think you sometimes take it for granted that it won't happen to you. Well, on this particular chilly night in November, uh, I think it was around uh, 1993 or four, um, I was cleaning up, getting ready for the closing, you know, of the store and we had multiple employees still there and they're cleaning and they're doing their thing and everybody knew their roles, right? And I'm just busy trying to do my thing. And I'm on the front end of the store and out of nowhere on the right side of me, uh, I see a shadow and a flash that's just coming at me. And all of a sudden I got a gun pressed against my head. And, um, you know, this was different. <laughs> this was something I'd never experienced. 
And um, he wasn't a real nice guy. He wasn't saying nice things. And he ended up uh, putting all of our employees in a closet. And he ended up taking me to the safe where I would empty the safe, gave him the pennies and the gift certificates, everything he wanted, put it in his little bag, right? And when I had to go around to all the registers and dump the registers out and was assaulted along the way, verbally assaulted and all this fun stuff, right? But you learn in that business just to give them what they want. And that's what I did. And um, fortunately, it, it probably kept me alive or kept me safe. Um, at the end of this whole episode, which felt like forever, but it wasn't, um, you know, he says to me, okay, you head back to the office, put your arms out. And he's got a gun to my back, right? He says, if you make a single move, um, I will drop you. And at that time, as a, I don't know what I'm, I'm almost 23 at the time, something like that. All I could see while I was walking, right, as a sheltered kid from Kentucky, it was just my one-year-old in my head, right, who, frankly, I never spent enough time with, right, because I was always working, and I could just see his face, his face, right, and, and I made it, and I believe God got me through that. I got back in the office, and the guy left, and... um you know, we called the police and did that whole thing. And um, my head is spinning at this time. Well, some time goes by. I'm still just kind of going through the motions in the business for a very short time as the police did an investigation to try to find this guy. And they did. They found this guy and he was a habitual criminal who had been in prison and had just gotten out not too long ago and clearly was on drugs and had some bad intentions. And here's the, here's the moral of the story. Um, I find out through the process of identifying this guy in a lineup, I find out that he had gone down the street to the Taco Bell and did the same thing there right after our store. The thing is, that manager wasn't so lucky. That manager got shot. And when I heard that, boy, I had goosebumps on my arms because, man, I dodged a bullet, literally, right? And I started to, I wasn't a faithful man at the time, but I started to reflect on life. And here's what it felt like to me. I was all in for five years in that. It's all I knew. I had blinders on and I literally didn't know what else I would do. And I was making good money and I was feeling some success and had some good friends in the business. And anyway, I will tell you that it was as though someone had taken a, needle and put it in a balloon for me. All the passion was gone, right? I, uh, I felt no motivation or energy to keep, uh, I guess, excelling and doing well. I just wanted to be done with it. That's where I was. Now I should preface that along the way, um, I wasn't, um, you know, making the best choices along the way. I, I wasn't walking with the Lord at the time. And, you know, I, you know, my wife and I were just kind of learning how to be married. And in, anyway, you get it if you've been through all of these things. And so we made a decision out of that situation. And by the way, they, they put the guy in prison and hopefully they threw away the key. But uh, with all that said, um, my wife and I made a decision at that time. And there were some things going on in our neighborhood, in our area that just wasn't at all like what we wanted to raise our children around. And so we made a decision to move back to Kentucky at that time. 
And uh, we moved to a small town in central Kentucky outside of Lexington. And man, we were on a run for the next 17, 18 years. I know that, um, you know, my career took off. So did hers. You know, we, we, we ended up having, you know, a couple of beautiful homes and, you know, we've got a couple of kids and uh, anyway, we just had a good, good run. And uh, along the way, we, we, you know, got saved and, 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 and you really got involved in our church and, our marriage took off and everything is just, you know, um, just been a, a great run. And we would, would then move back to Colorado because that one year old I told you about, he ended up going to college in Colorado. And so we decided to come back out here and give it another try in that small town of Castle Rock that I told you about. And we're still here to 13 years later um, and doing great. Everything is fine. So why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because that was a tough, tough thing to go through for me. It scared me to death. Uh, what could have happened to our employees? What could have happened to me? Um, but God had another plan, and I believe that. And I look back on it fondly now because I, I say to myself, I'm glad that happened because I learned a number of lessons along the way. I, le I learned that God's got a plan. I learned that, you know, those five years of hard work and, and challenges and it, it, it formed who I would be as a leader. I learned everything about the, I guess the foundation that I formed uh, in leadership was all formed there. And I've just honed it and gotten better as, as time's gone on and people have come into my life and mentored and, and poured into me, but it all started there, right? that terrible incident that happened did me a favor because it made me change my life, right? Where was I going with that? I, you know, uh, it probably wasn't going to be good for my marriage. I know that it wasn't going to probably be good for my kids. Um, I say for me, Joe, um, I was way, way too into my job and I was at the store all the time. And I look back, it's been 30 years ago now, right. That, that I was there. And, um, I still believe that that was just part of my journey, right? And, and I believe sometimes that journey, it's not always going to be, you know, rainbows and roses, is it? Sometimes it's going to be challenging stuff that we go through. And so, you know, I fast forward, um, you know, I had a chance to be a vice president at multiple stops, um, had a chance to lead many, many people in my life and develop people and help them get where they wanted to go. And, and hopefully that journey continues. Uh, it's part of the reason we do the podcast. It's part of the reason I do the videos that I do or produce content or go on other people's podcasts because I just believe we have a job again. Here's the shirt again. And for those of you who are listening and not watching, it says iron sharpens iron. And I just believe that we're supposed to li lift people up. You know, I had another incident happen in my career about five years ago where I was so proud of myself as an executive because I had never been cut. I'd never been let go before, whether it be termination or just, you know, part of a downsizing situation. Well, five years ago, it happened. I was called in and I had great love for a lot of the people there. And um, I was, uh, they were changing their business model. 
and uh, ultimately we're downsizing Denver. And incidentally, that company has now since gone out of business. But I will tell you that um, it really, it, and a lot of you can relate to this, and I want to speak to it. It left me feeling rejected. It left me feeling defensive and um, angry. And even though I had a severance package uh, and I actually landed on my feet quickly with another job, it didn't matter. It impacted me because I was proud of what we had done there. And it took me a long time just to get past it and to stop talking about it. But you know, the, the, the message I want to share with you here on the podcast today uh, by the way, you're listening to the Leadership Fan Podcast, and we're grateful. Um, but, you know, there were some people that came along my side during that time and listened to me and encouraged me, uh, offered to help me along the way. And you find out who your friends are when you go through that. And you oftentimes find there's not as many of those friends as you uh, would think, right? It's interesting. And so... Iron sharpens iron as just leadership brothers and sisters today. I will tell you, you know, it's our job to sharpen others, right? As a people first, a people focused leader, I want to encourage you today to lift someone else up and to remind our friends that bad things are going to happen in business and in leadership. And I firmly believe and I hope you do too, that it's just part of our journey. It will ultimately strengthen us and prepare us for what is to come. And it creates and generates that wisdom that ultimately we're all going to share with somebody along the way. And so that's, a, that's one of my challenges in the podcast today is to get out there and be a mentor to folks who need it because they're going through a storm right now. Take the time to listen well. Listen more than you speak, right? And apply wisdom where you can, here and there, right? Encourage people and remind them that this too shall pass, and it will. But when they're in the middle of the storm, it's so hard to hear that. It feels like it's never going to end. Maybe you're someone that's gone through that anxiety of getting cut and you're a little older and you're worried to death that nobody's going to want you been there, done that. Right. You know, maybe they're going through a health crisis and they're worried about finances. Maybe they've lost a spouse or who knows what the situation could be as someone who cares about people in leadership. Folks, I would hope that you would take the time. Be that leader that picks up the phone and makes a call or text, text that friend an encouraging word, right? Send them an encouraging email, right? Something uplifting. It means a lot. I, I try to do it regularly, and sometimes I fall short, right? Sometimes you're going to need to be mentored and heard and other times you're going to have to do the mentoring and the listening. And, uh, again, iron sharpens iron. And, uh, I say embrace the journey, right? I wrote in a little, that little book years ago, 
that we're all on stepping stones to our destination. Just don't be in too big of a hurry to get to that destination because it'll happen in a snap or in a flash, however you want to say it. And so embrace the good and the bad along the way. This leadership journey that we're on together is fascinating. And the reason that I started this podcast and the reason that I do videos isn't to be some TikTok star or some influencer. The, the motive has always been pure. It's been several things. It's been about um, how can I give back and influence others with practical, simple leadership experiences that I can share, right? I honestly believe in this country today that we need stronger leaders. We need more people-focused leaders, servant leaders, people that understand leadership isn't about getting a title on a name badge and sitting up in the ivory tower. I've tried it, found that it doesn't work very well, right? The best way forward as a leader is on the shoulders of your people, you know? I often use John Maxwell quotes because they're simple and they're real and oftentimes they're faith-based, but um, he says that leadership should never be lonely at the top. And that's a fact. It should be a crowded place, right? Because you bring people along with you and you develop people along the way. You mentor people along the way. Iron sharpens iron, right? So that's my message for this week. Uh, food for thought for you. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you would share your stories, not just with other people, but with us. We encourage you to send us messages um, through social media, uh, through any of the you know podcast platforms, wherever you consume podcasts. We are now everywhere. Matthew was telling me today that, you know, he's now, now going to start posting videos on TikTok. Well, I'm not even a TikTok guy, but okay, have at it because we want to influence as many leaders making the climb as we can. And for those of you who have been in leadership for a long time, we want to encourage you uh, to go out there and continue to try new things and mentor some of those younger leaders that are going to come in behind us, right? This country needs you. Um, we're in a strange place right now, really an I think all segments across the country. So many people think that right away when I say that we're going to talk about politics. Well, that's, that's just not the case. It's politics is a hot mess. I mean, the leaders are pretty terrible. If you ask me uh, all the way up the chain. Um, but you can look in ministry today. You can look in the corporate world, education, um, you know, leaders oftentimes are running scared and sometimes they're running away from people. That's a terrible mistake, and uh, that's just going to lend to the employee retention problem we have and the ability to attract great talent. You know, you want to do that? Have a culture that's people-focused consistently. You know what you'll find? You're going to have a whole lot more success across the board. I feel confident in that. Why? Because I've lived it. <clears throat> Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But certainly, um, I'm a living example that you can put people before the street, before 
the processes and the data and the budgets and all those things. That's all important. And we'll get to that. But take the time for your people and you won't be sorry. Friends, I am looking forward to a lot of the guests coming up here on the podcast. And I hope that you'll continue to tune in to the Leadership Fan Podcast. We're thankful for you. We're developing a strong but mighty community because of you. So until next week, I want to encourage you, as always, go make some big ripples. And I mean that within your companies and your communities. But most importantly, make some big ripples in the lives of your people. God bless. I'll see you next week.